This podcast is brought to you by StoryKingBooks.com. Sign up to receive a free copy of my latest ebook novella, Kane's Confession. If you would like to learn how to support this show, visit www.patreon.com forward slash the Story King. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the Story King Podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today I have author Javina Bellinger. Javina Bellinger is a self-published author of the Learn Something book series. She has written 24 educational and inspirational children's books. Here is my conversation with Javina Bellinger. Welcome to the Story King podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, John Carlo. Absolutely. I'd like to hear your story. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, your background and so forth. My name is Javina Bellinger, and I am a mother of three adorable children and a wife to a loving husband. And I'm also the author of the Learn Something Children's Book Series. It's a book series that consists of 25 educational and inspirational children's books. Awesome. Now, I heard in another interview of yours that you're also one of eight from a single parent household. Is that correct? I am. I am one of eight children, single parent household. We were raised in the um, housing projects in Philadelphia, but I had the um, ability and the uh, privilege to go to a boarding school, which was really beneficial to my educational learning, my social skills, just my overall being as a child. So how do you think that upbringing and all your experience has uh you know, influence your creativity, your entrepreneurial spirit and so forth? Well, my upbringing growing up in a housing project, it allowed me to know what it is to not have and to understand and appreciate the importance of having and also to give back. Like, for example, my my books are five dollars, all of them, all 25, because, you know, I know how it feels for a parent to say, oh, I can't afford that, you know, over and over again so many times. So I said to myself, if I ever have anything if I ever can sell anything when I get older, I'm going to make sure it's affordable. And also my school environment, it was an educational environment and the teachers were good and they allowed you to grow and educate you in a one-on-one manner that wasn't as crowded. So I, I love, I gained my knowledge for the love of words at an early age. How old were you when, when you went to that school? I was eight. Eight. Okay. All the way to... High school? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Was that also in Philadelphia area or? No, it was three hours away. It's called Scotland School Veterans Children. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Three hours away, upstate Pennsylvania. Wow. And so you would yeah. live there for like yes. the majority of the year and then come back for vacations or whatever? Yes. During the holidays. Okay. And you, that was a good experience, boarding school? It was the best experience ever. Best thing my mom could ever have done for me. <laughs> you don't realize that as a child, you know, my mom's sending me away. You're crying. My mom is with me. But then, you know, I had my sisters and brothers. So it just allowed me to be independent. They encourage education. Allowed me to be athletic. So 
my whole being, um, just ability to learn, grow, continue to develop is I contribute that to my educational foundation. And you went on to get a master's, is that correct? Yes. What, what yes. did you get a master's in? In early childhood education. Okay. Are you a teacher? I was. Oh, okay. I, was. I did do some teaching now. Now I'm a social worker. Oh, okay. What, yes. what grades were you teaching? I taught um, high school as an emotional support teacher. Okay. Like as a contract emotional support teacher, yes. I did work with the younger youth as like a director, so. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, my, my wife's in education as well. So she's in uh, the New York City Department of Education. So I was just, uh, I was just wondering. All right, well, that gives some background too for, for your work. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, you said you had three kids. Yes. How old are your children? They will be nine, 10, and 11. So I have one birthday coming up, he'll be 10, and my daughter just turned 11. And so the younger one is going on nine, a little bit. Gotcha. Okay, very similar ages to our own. We have three as well. They're ages uh, 12. 10 and 6. It's very similar. Oh, cool. Cool, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never a dull moment, I know. <laughs> no. So tell me about your Learn Something book series. How many books are there? And what's the general idea of these books? So there are 25 educational children's books. And the general idea of the books, I would say it's twofold. They're educational and inspirational. Uh, most of them, they are an inspirational lesson, but then there are some that have an educational lesson too. And, and then there are some that have both, a combination of both. And I also like to include nursery rhymes. So I did write at least four or five nursery rhymes too, because I believe that children learn in different ways. So if I can't get you through a book, then I'm going to get your attention one way or another. So <laughs> through music. So I wrote a number of nursery rhyme songs set for the children too. Gotcha. And you said you're a parent and you were also in education for a bit. Why don't you tell me about like what, what inspired you to create the series? I imagine it has something to do with, with that background. Yeah. So what inspired me to create the series were my children just constantly repeating, you know, as a parent, <laughs> we say things over and over again sometimes. And as a creative person, I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds like a book or wait a minute, that sounds like a song. So for example, I had stairs that, that means that having a child, not for you, I know you know what that means, but some people. So that means having a child every year. I had to constantly repeat myself. So when one was learning how to put their clothes on, I had to teach the other one. So I'm like, I'm not going to keep, you know, constantly going over this right. over and over again. So I had to make it make sense for myself to make it make sense for them. So the tag in the back book came from constantly saying, you know, when you put your clothes on, you put your tag in a bag. Mom, is this right? Is this on right? No, it's on backwards. Take it off. Right. Put your tag in a bag. Tag in a bag. When you put right. your clothes <laughs> on, you put your tag in a bag. Tag in a bag. So then I just had to like go crazy with it because I right. kept singing it over and over again. So um, that's a fun song I sing with the kids. And, you know, I think that through learning, through music, that promotes learning. So, so tag in the back, is this the right foot? When children are putting their shoes on, oh my gosh, mom, is this the right foot? Are my shoes on right? Are my speakers on right? So that's another one, is this the right foot? That's not a nursery rhyme song, but that's a book. Right. Um, is this the right foot? So a lot of, some of the titles came from constantly repeating myself as a parent. And then the other ones came from just working with the youth. Like, um, you can, I can do it too. So that's about a child who has cerebral palsy and how the children mm -hmm 
um, don't think he could do what they can do because he has a disability. So then it's also showing the kids that just because a child has a disability doesn't mean that they can't do the things that you can do. Um, Lovely too. That was one of my first books. That was about a child who has ADHD and how he's misunderstood in the school. The teacher doesn't really understand his condition and the children don't understand his condition. And then in the end, he's loved and accepted. So I try to write books that are everyday topics so that either the children may have are familiar with, or maybe the teachers are familiar with. Right. Those are some pretty big themes too, you know, Thank disability. You. Yeah. So, so those you're, you're writing for children, but with some pretty big ideas in there uh, for acceptance and so forth. So that's awesome. Yes. yes. Now, some of your titles also include, I can own it. You can earn it. So yes. would you say, it sounds like self-reliance and independence are, are themes you're very conscious of trying to foster in your series. Would you say that's yes. accurate? That's so important, uh, John Carlo, because, you know, growing up in a project, you know, so my parent, my mom didn't own that house that was owned by the, the city. So it's important the kids can know that they can own it, that they can have some home ownership and to know what it to know what it means and to know how it feels. So I, I definitely want to encourage that, you know, just growing up in a projects and not, you know, not having my own home, not having my own bed, not having my own room. So definitely self-independence. Awesome. So really, your books are empowering to children. You're either teaching them a skill toward independence or encouraging them to strive and achieve goals. Uh, I also noticed you have females and diverse main characters. Yes. So how do you feel your books are speaking to children in light of current issues, you know, politics, race relations, things like that? I don't really speak to those topics um, because I think that those are maybe a little bit too, for my age group to understand, I focus on the age group three to like 10. Well, not the older age group, six, seven, eight, they can understand that. Mm-hmm. But how I try to include diversity is, is through my characters. So I try to have, I, I love diversity. I lived in California for, you know, when I was trying to be a model a long time ago. So <laughs> that kind of shaped my idea of diversity. Mm-hmm. So I try to include diversity in my books. I don't like for anyone to be left out. So whether it's a population of children or whether it's a topic. So that's why I try and teach to all different topics and try and include you know, although the main characters are African-American, I still try to include other, you know, Caucasians, um, Asians, Hispanics into, into some of the books that I wrote. Hey, everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take the opportunity to let you know about a brand new resource I recently published. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, I've created an ebook called Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro that walks you through all the little details of producing and launching your own show. So for less than $5, you can own this resource by visiting storykingbooks.com or amazon.com. Those links will be in the show notes. And now back to today's episode. So tell me about your creative process. How do you even come up with like the themes and the characters? You know, how did you even come up with that you wanted to talk about a character with, you know, cerebral palsy, for okay. example? So, so that character, so some of the themes are inspired by real people. My nephew, he has cerebral palsy. So 
that was inspired by him, just the whole knowledge and understanding of cerebral palsy. And not just that, just, just working with kids and knowing that kids have disability and knowing that some children are treated differently. I just wanted to create a book that speaks to this topic, but also educating the teachers and the readers and the children on when you see this, that, okay, this is what this is, but I don't have to treat this child differently because he's just like me, but, but maybe with a small disability, but he can do some of the main, a lot of things that I can do. So I try and speak to, I, I just want to speak to the children and the readers in that, in that way. I see. And uh, being a busy and working mom, how do you even cultivate your creative life with everything else going on? Well, it was hard. Well, my kids are a lot older now. So I would, ideas will come to me in the middle of the night or just, just throughout the day. And then I would just have to find the downtime. Most of the time when they were younger, when they would sleep. So I I would write then or on the weekend, or I would always have like a notepad in my, in my bag and just jot some ideas down. Sometimes I wrote a whole book just while waiting in a car sitting waiting for them to come back from the store because it's already in my head. And then I think I wrote, you can earn it <laughs> that I wrote, you can earn it that I was waiting in the car and I just wrote the whole thing while I was waiting in the car for them to come back from the store. Yeah, you so. get in where you fit in basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. so the, the creative process, it, it comes right now. My kids are older, so they're out doing basketball, playground, whatever. I, I have more time to write. Mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have I have a number of books that I've written that I just need illustrators for. So it's like, I don't have a shortage of ideas, thank God. I just have a shortage of illustrators. So what I need now is like more illustrators because I like to use diversity, different illustrators for different mm-hmm. books. So um, some of them I have kept the same illustrator. But now I'm looking for like different illustrators just for different books. So, yes. Walk me through that process, working with illustrators. I've interviewed illustrators and they're like a huge part, right? For the, for, for the book, they're really telling the story as much as you are. Are you telling them like, how much direction do you give them? Do you give them, you know, creative freedom with it? So, so I, so I try when I do the descript, book descriptions, I try and include everything with a butterfly, birds, grass, you know, I try and include everything like with the scenery. And because I'm a writer, I very detailed, I'm very detailed. So I don't really leave out any details. So then they'll just, I'll just say the, make the character uh, Caucasian or Hispanic or African-American. And then they go with it from there. So I, I, they definitely have a lot of um, creativity and freedom, you know, to draw. I just paint the picture and then they go from there for them. And is it like people, you know, or do you go to like a freelancing site to find them? How do you find an illustrator? So I found illustrators in a lot of different ways. So the Art Institute, when it was open in Philadelphia years ago, I called them, you call it. So what an inspired writer, children's book author would do. You can go to any college or university. They have a arts program or they have a career development program. And in that program, you just talk to the director and they will send out an email to all the students who maybe are illustrators or videographer or things of that nature. You can contact your, all your local colleges and universities. You can uh, put a post on Instagram, Facebook, 
or Fiverr. Fiverr, I haven't used any from there yet, but they have a lot of affordable illustrators too. Just have right. to be careful with Fiverr because <laughs> there are some a lot of foreigners who get on there and could, you know, just say that they drew something, but it's really from another site. So you have to be careful with Fiverr. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've used Fiverr myself. So I'm usually detailed. Like you said, I'm a writer myself. So oh, I know they're not getting it from somewhere else because I'm telling them what to do. <laughs> you know, okay. telling them, right. write this, write this, write this. And then you got to change this, change that. But that's interesting. I never even thought about like reaching out to colleges. Like, so would they charge or would that be counted as their work for their for their school? You know, <laughs> well, I. I'm an artist, so I like to pay them. It could be counted as a work. I didn't. I never. I didn't even ask um, that perspective okay. of it. But that that could be another perspective. But I just. I'll just say, here's my price. Are you in agreement with it or not? And okay. then most of the time they are because they're about to graduate or either just recently graduated. So yeah. Awesome. Good to make a mental note of that. Mm-hmm. So your kids are watching you coming out with these books. What do you think they're learning from you or what do you hope they learn from you? Well, I was producing books like so fast. So they didn't really have a chance to like enjoy each of them. So Mm -hmm. one of them I could do by myself. That's about a relationship with the young boy with his dad. His dad teaches him how to play basketball. Then he's like, okay, I got it. I could do it by myself. So, (laughs) so my son took, he, when he saw that book, he was like maybe six or so seven he took it and read the whole book without me i didn't say here here's my new book or anything so i was like looking i was like oh okay i was like really surprised so i i know that they are engaged and encouraged and inspired too i love writing so i mean i i just love writing so yeah and and actually i want to say this my daughter and my son wrote a book uh it was from their writing assignment you know i read everything as a parent Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Check your kids' writing assignments. You, they may have a book in here. Right. <laughs> it was a writing assignment and I was reading it and I'm like, wow, this is a book. I said, did you write this? Did, is this something you saw from the cartoon or TV? <laughs> I went, I'm like, is this your original thought? And they're like, yeah, mom. Like, why? I'm like, this is a book. We're going to turn this into a book. And they're like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So this was like two years ago. So they told me, no, they didn't want to, but I told them this year, I'm going to work on it with them and we're going to turn it into a book. Yeah. So writing assignments to show my, so I do know that because of their writing. So I do see their talents because of, from their writing assignments mm-hmm. and just some of the stories that they say, well, sometimes we'll have, we'll play like makeup stories. If we're in a car, I'll say, okay, everybody has to make up a story. And this was just from some of the stories they made up. I'm like, where did you get that from? Did you see that on a cartoon or a movie? Like, no, I made it up. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. (laughs) But yeah. So as far as having an entrepreneurial spirit, how much of it is nature versus nurture? Do you think children can learn it by watching others or from reading your books? Or is it more of a personality trait? I think it's a combination of both definitely a combination of both you have to want to to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you just have to want more so it's a combination of seeing and doing um seeing you know from from my books i don't really have a book that talks about entrepreneurship yet but just 
And just, just for a child, any child who wants to be an entrepreneur, I know that it's becoming more and more popular now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when we were growing up, I don't know if you experienced this, but it was like, oh, you're too young. You can't do this. Right. Oh, kids can't do that. Oh, no, you can't cook. You you know, but now, no, these kids are chefs, master right. chefs. <laughs> <laughs> they're junior chefs. They're, they're entrepreneurs. They're owning their own Thai uh, juice business, um, authors. So now it's like they're athletes and at a, at an early age, which is good mm-hmm. because I don't think it's an age limit on, on their ability. If they have the ability, then they can do it. Right. <laughs> they don't, they shouldn't have to wait until they're like 16 or 18 or 20 or so. No, they can develop that now so that by the time they're 16, they can be millionaires. Right. You know, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely important because these these children have so many skills and talents, but I think a lot of people overlook their kids' abilities. Yeah, yeah, I think you're. That's absolutely right. Yeah, my my son too. He's he's got a very entrepreneurial spirit. He wants to start his own business and everything. And you're right. The first go to response and that we were brought up with, you know, is, is, you know, oh, when you get older, you know, you can do that when you get older. But I realized, you know, there's actually some things he could do now, you know, so we let him start a a little eBay store and he buys, you know, things on discount and then sells them for more. And I'm all like, he's able to do it, you know, so why not let him now? Why do I, why does he have to wait till he's 18 to do this? He's able to do it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so yeah, teaching them self-reliance and you mentioned about how kids are chefs. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent that even with our kids, we have them making breakfast and everything. Yeah. And it's easier for us to just do it. Yeah. Right. But yeah. like we're, these kids are going to be adults one day. And mm-hmm. if you don't teach them how to be responsible and just self-reliant, who is <laughs> right? Know? So right. very important. Yeah. My kids are in the kitchen too, because I couldn't be in the kitchen when I was younger. So and they make some good food. Like, like yesterday they made cupcakes. I was upstairs. No, I'm going to make cupcakes. Uh, sure. Yeah. And then I came down and I was like, mm, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and it frees you up, right? Yeah. And it's important because we need a break too. So they can make waffles or eggs or bacon, like let them go ahead. Like just remember to turn the stove off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very important. Right. So yeah. what are your thoughts on remote learning versus in-person, you know, during this whole pandemic thing and the shutdowns, uh, I'm sure your kids had to do a whole lot of remote learning for a while. Yes. I know my wife as an educator, she hates it. She hates, yes. <laughs> you know, well, what are your thoughts on, on the, the two uh, modes of learning, you know, remotely via zoom or, you know, in person and why? Okay. My thoughts, I'm a fan of in-person learning because that's how I was taught. However, our children now they're brought up with so many technology, advanced technology, that they they're able to kind of learn from using a phone like at an age of two, two mm-hmm. one up or so, because they have so many. So I think that it was good for them because they already were familiar with technology and how to use it. But then again, I was not a fan because it limited their social skills and their mm-hmm. interaction skills with the teachers and with the student, with their their peers. I think that it does affect them in that way but i think that they were able to adjust because they were already used to having a tablet all day long not all day long but having a phone or having a tablet or video games they were already used to the screen 
of the, you know, the remote, but just the, the part that was missing, which is a important part of your, everyone's childhood is the social part and the interaction part with the peers. So I was not, I'm not a fan of it, but I, I think that they, some, a lot of the kids were able to adjust because they're used to technology. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not so much, that part of it is not so much of an adjustment for them. Right. More of an adjustment for the teacher than than for the them. parents. For the parents, absolutely <laughs> right, absolutely. No. What's your end game for the 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 learning book series? Is is it really a series, or is it sort of more like your your own publishing company, and you're just going to keep going with it? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, it's definitely a series because learn something those two words are diverse mm-hmm. and it can be a plethora of titles when you're learning something. So I definitely want to continue with just on that. And it, I guess you can look at it as my own self-publishing company too. I didn't even look at it like that. Thanks. <laughs> That's a good idea. But um, I definitely want to keep going. I believe that everyone has the ability to do more, you know, whether, especially us as adults. So mm-hmm. we just have to tap into that ability so whatever God blesses me with the creativity, the words, you know, as long as I'm alive, I just want to continue to do more and to continue to produce more. So my end game is to continue to produce um, more children's book. My also end game is to have some of the children's books go from books to film, whether it's to be um, Amazon, Netflix, um, the big screen. <laughs> so, and and just to just to inspire the youth, maybe do some um, teaching uh, classes on how to write for the youth, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So, so that's my end game is just it's not an end game, just to continue to do as long as I can do. Right. That, that's my end game. And have you spoken to anybody about converting any of your stuff to to film or not converting? What's the word? Uh turning your books to film have you spoken to anybody in that film space about that yet or or not yet it's just a goal right now it's a goal right now you know anyone (laughs) (laughs) you you gotta listen to the show i do know people in in uh, the film most of them independent but Uh uh-huh yeah it's definitely a goal there's there's a lot of independent so i try and say that often every time i talk to someone just just in case you know, the right person sees it and, you know, is interested, but it's definitely an end game. So I did start doing just maybe five minute little videos mm-hmm. of each book. Okay. So, but I, there are definitely at least five of them that could be a really good movie. That's going to be a really good movie. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might, the same way you find an illustrator, maybe you'll find some young film student to, to take it up as a project or something, you know, they're, you know, these young people, they make awesome films with, with just the equipment they have and everything. So that might be an idea too. That's true. So what's one last thing you can leave the listeners with one nugget of wisdom for anyone interested in writing books for children, similar to yours, you know, where they're about education and inspiration. What would you say to that person looking to do that? I would say to keep going, you know, is you have a lot, you're going, you're going to have to sacrifice your time, but in the end, once you produce, you know, your children's book or whatever it is you're trying to produce, you, it's going to be so fulfilling and so inspiring. So I would definitely say to keep going, keep going, even if you don't have a lot of support or even a lot of times people may not have a big supportive family or a lot of supportive friends, but 
just still keep going because you may find support from the from the internet or from from people that you meet. So, but if you don't do anything, then you won't receive anything. Right. So I I definitely tell I would tell people to keep going and you know you you just may not have a lot of support, but you'd be surprised where your support may come from. So yeah, keep going. And if you're not motivated, you turn on YouTube University. That's motivation everywhere. Right. Just type in motivation and you'll get some motivation. We'll get some motivational videos and and just get motivated to, to get to your goals and dreams. Absolutely. That's great advice. Yeah. Lastly, where can people follow you and purchase your books? So my Instagram is learn underscore something underscore book underscore series. I know it's long, but <laughs> <laughs> learn something book series or my website is learn something books.com. And if you would like for me to do speaking engagements, career day, a vendor, or even a writing workshop or be a consultant, um, feel free to email it. Email me at learn something books at gmail.com. Awesome. I'll make sure I have all those links in the show notes. Thank Javina, you. thank you for sharing your story and your work with us. And thank you for coming on the Story King podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So that was my conversation with Javina Bellinger. All her links will be in the show notes. Don't forget to sign up on storykingbooks.com to get your free copy of Kane's Confession. Remember, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, you can visit my website or amazon.com and for less than $5, purchase my latest ebook resource, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash the story king. All those links will be in the show notes. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of subscribing to it and leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or the medium of your choice. And share it with your friends and family on social media. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. Please join us next time. Until then. Until then.